Hello, you're listening to Astrology Hotline, and this is the forecast for December 19th through December 25th, 2022. I hope you are all feeling infused with the holiday spirit this week. Our main events for this week are Jupiter ingressing into Aries on Tuesday the 20th, Sun ingressing into Capricorn on Wednesday the 21st, and a new moon in Capricorn on Friday 23rd. We kick off this week with the moon in Scorpio on Monday 19th, which is also the last day of Jupiter in Pisces for about uh, 12 years. So while I wouldn't necessarily elect today for the construction of any magical talismans, it may be productive to perhaps meditate on the topics of Jupiter, sort of use today to maybe write down some things that we feel grateful for, maybe articulate some of the insights that we've experienced over the last month or so. Jupiter and Pisces is particularly good at sort of reconciling the dualities that exist both within ourselves and the world we live in. You've spent uh, any amount of time living in the world, you know that it is rife with sometimes uh, infuriating contradictions, <laughs> which Jupiter and Pisces, uh, especially if you don't have it natally, can be of some help in um, sort of coming to terms with the role that those contradictions play in our lives. They play within ourselves, sort of uh, realizing that they all hold uh, a place in the world. I was watching a documentary on Netflix recently. It's called Our Universe, which, you know, it has Morgan Freeman narrating it, which you really can't lose with any documentary uh, narrated by Morgan Freeman. I think his voice alone is enough to reconcile me, at least, to any reality, uh, contradictory or otherwise. But the subject matter, I feel like, is very appropriate for Jupiter and Pisces. It has this nice way of sort of intermingling the narrative of a particular animal in the wild and how its life and experience intermingles with the big story of the cosmos. So if you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. And it may be a nice way to connect with Jupiter and Pisces, at least some of that energy and vibe before Jupiter leaves us or departs or the while less grandiose and transcendental terrain of Aries, uh, nonetheless, a bit more energizing, invigorating. But it, it may be good to keep in mind that, you know, we're not going to get Jupiter in a domicile for a good eight or nine years until it gets back into Sagittarius. We will get Jupiter in Cancer uh, and its exaltation. And, and certainly we get some hearty slices of Jupiterian dignity uh, on our way and in other ways. But this is in many ways the strongest Jupiter will be for, for a while now. So squeeze out your last drops <laughs> because uh, that's it. Um, speaking of the sort of winding down or finding ourselves at the last of something, with the moon ingressing into Scorpio, we also find the moon becoming very, very balsamic. It's very waning. And it's coming into maybe its last little sliver of light. <clears throat> It's kind of like uh, getting to the bottom of your bag of potato chips and finding maybe those, just those little fragments or even crumbs are left. And with the moon in Scorpio, you know, maybe some of those chips at the bottom, those little fragments are, you know, that rotten kind <laughs> that maybe um, gone a little dark, they're going to be a little questionable. 
And we may encounter, for some of us, a feeling of regret as we realize that we've just eaten an entire bag of Lay's, or we may be consumed with hunger. We may start uh, pouring that bag of crumbs and moldy potato chips into our mouth, maybe even, you know, licking the bag for all that salty, buttery, fatty goodness. Uh, this may not be literally potato chips, obviously, but, you know, there's a sense that uh, with this, the moon in Scorpio, we tend to confront um, both hunger and the perhaps uh, futility in trying to find ultimate satisfaction. It is very much uh, <laughs> kind of like when you eat a whole bag of potato chips and, you know, maybe you're full, but you feel maybe kind of gross, you know, like I can't believe I ate that whole bag and where did it get me? And often those moments can be uh, clarifying moments where we decide that, uh, you know, I'm not really getting anywhere uh, feeding this potato chip lust, you know, this lust for potato chips, especially as we get towards the end of the day and the moon encounters the South Node, which really does uh, emphasize this theme of, you know, almost hitting like a bottom with a, a bad habit or a negative pattern. And we may be able to use some of that last bit of Jupiterian wisdom to, you know, put it in context. You know, we don't have to beat ourselves up over it. Who doesn't like a, a good bag of potato chips or three every now and then? But it's also good to know when to stop. <clears throat> and if we don't always uh, know when to stop, sometimes we have to let go of something altogether and find a way to <clears throat> maybe release ourselves from the grip of some kind of negative pattern. It's just as uh, the moon separates from the south node, which will occur uh, very late Monday night or Tuesday morning, uh, we get to a opposition with Uranus. And Uranus is particularly adept at breaking patterns or otherwise disrupt disrupting uh, the ordinary flow of things. This could be a moment of... Uh, maybe reaching some kind of insight on maybe things we do, things we think, negative patterns, whether they are uh, eating bags of potato chips or, or you know, spending uh, too much time on, on social media or, you know, picking at your zits or, you know, it could be any number of things, obviously, but tuning into the things that make us feel bad, identifying, maybe isolating that pattern and perhaps making the decision to break the pattern through some sort of denial of engaging with it. Sometimes it has to be a hard, hard cut. We'll get uh, the moon, you know, making a nice uh, sextile with Venus, sextile with Mercury, which I think can be of some assistance in smoothing over that process or uh, giving words to, to those things. Uh, we get a, a nice, nice square with Saturn towards the end of the day, which will occur in the third decan of Scorpio and the third decan of Aquarius. And the uh, the themes around the third decan of Scorpio is that sort of uh, becoming acquainted with the inevitable result of me continuously trying to fulfill uh, our desires, perhaps becoming overly attached to specific ways of fulfilling them. While that third decan of Aquarius is very much about maybe walking away from uh, a negative structure, perhaps in our lives or in a, on a larger scale, but sort of disentangling ourselves from uh, a negative construct. And it may be finding that, you know, I can't just have 
potato chips every Friday night, you know, I might just have to stop potato chips for a while because one is just never enough. And in many ways, uh, Jupiter going into Aries can be a little better at um, stabilizing and, and affirming a more direct approach to things, uh, a little more, a little more decisive than say Jupiter and Pisces, which can maybe support a more moderate approach to potato chips. But Jupiter and Aries can give you almost that kick to say, just be done with it, and maybe instead, you know, get a, a take a, a kickboxing class or something. And Wednesday evening, the sun ingresses into Capricorn and starts to approach a square with Jupiter. And generally, sun-Jupiter contacts are pretty favorable. Most aspects between the sun and Jupiter, hard or soft, will tend to be experienced at least as positive. They can lead us into unfavorable circumstances, but they uh, do tend to be supportive of centering our, our will to action within a coherent set of, of objectives or um, I would say facilitating meaningful action. There is nonetheless sort of tension with any square that needs to be resolved. The, uh, the sun in Capricorn, especially within this first decan, if you listened last week, I talked a little bit about that third decan of Sagittarius and bringing a, a balloon, hot air balloon, down you know how do you land a hot air balloon i don't actually know um i imagine you you have to slowly sort of reduce the heat you have to reduce the heat to the point where you're no longer resisting gravity you know steadily you can't just turn it off you gotta guide it down gently and when you get into this first decan of bleh, when you get into this first decan of capricorn you know your balloon has landed and you have to acquaint yourself with the earth upon which you've landed where where are you you have to get a sense of the lay of the land. You know, are you back home? Or are you somewhere else? Are you <clears throat> in a distant land with different rules, or different uh, environmental circumstances? How do those circumstances factor into your agenda, to your plans? Uh, while Jupiter and Aries may want to um, show up in their hot air balloon and enact their agenda through raw enthusiasm and the pure power of their one-of-a-kind personality, an approach that the sun will tend to find quite attractive, uh, given that the Jupiter is in the sign of the sun's exaltation. Sun isn't in Aries with Jupiter, it's in Capricorn. And the sun has to be a little bit like, no, dude, uh, there are rules here, and we're not the only ones uh, with power. Like, sure, I want to show up and uh, take, the, take the world by storm too, but maybe we should get a sense of who... Who's already here and how our agenda might be facilitated or not be facilitated by, you know, what's already established. You know, say you come out of your hot air balloon and uh, your intention is to build an apple orchard and you just want to create a, an empire of apples and Jupiter may want to show up and just start planting those trees, pumping out juicy, succulent Macintosh apples. But the sun draws our attention to the reality uh, that... There may or may not be a market for Macintosh apples in this new land. The soil may not even support the growing of Macintosh apples. Maybe we should check in with the local magistrate and make sure that the area that we've landed our balloon in is uh, legally zoned for agriculture. And, you know, if you live in the uh, northern hemisphere, <clears throat> it's not exactly planting season. So we may want to uh, 
take this time to get a lay of the land and figure out exactly what kind of empire we can build. Because overall, uh, I think this is a, a great little week for something like a, an entrepreneurial endeavor to maybe initiate one or to start laying the groundwork. This Jupiter uh, certainly can provide uh, an abundance of confidence and perhaps charisma to maybe sell an idea to you know that local magistrate or whatever uh, to maybe get them to uh, to move some things around or you know convince them that your apple orchard would be a benefit to the local community. But you'll definitely need a good business plan, and you may have to compromise a little. Maybe you'll have to do Granny Smith apples instead of Macintosh, or you may have to you know do a grape orchard. You know, it's just not apple apple friendly terrain. <laughs> But, you know, we're not all uh, out to build empires right now, right? Uh, obviously, we can't all have an empire. <laughs> um, but this is certainly a favorable time to perhaps renegotiate or make some sort of move within the particular slice of the world that you inhabit. And we're entering a very uh, Saturn heavy period of the year. Uh, we have the sun just coming in to Capricorn. Uh, joining Venus and Mercury, as well as Pluto. Uh, and we have Saturn in Aquarius. And this is uh, about as Saturn-heavy as things are going to get for a while. You know, Saturn is going to move out of Aquarius and into Pisces in March 2023, as is Pluto. Pluto is going to make its first ingress into Aquarius. And while Pluto will sort of dip back and forth still between uh, Capricorn and Aquarius, you know, our emphasis is moving certainly out of Capricorn land and a lot of uh, major Saturnine themes in our lives, as well as on a larger scale, are sort of drawing to a head. You know, these stories are, are sort of coming to a close. And as we start moving into the new moon in, in Capricorn, which will occur Friday, the 23rd, we sort of have this opportunity to maybe clearly define uh, our current state of affairs you know, where we are within uh, the structures which surround us, and particularly with Saturn still in Aquarius, you know, what are those structures and what is it uh, about them that we find restrictive? What is it about our position within them that needs to change? And what is it uh, about those structures that we may feel need to change? And are we in a position to change them? Or are they something that we may need to unbind ourselves from? This may not be something that we can do super quickly. You know, we may have to bind ourselves to a path that eventually leads us to a more desirable place or at least a less, a less intolerable one. Because <laughs> often uh, the things that Saturn highlights are, are or planets within uh, Saturn's domiciles, Capricorn and Aquarius, uh, what they'll tend to point to are things that are longstanding and deeply entrenched. You know, things like governments, things like uh, inherited family dynamics, you know, beliefs that are handed down to us, beliefs which are a product of the cultures that we grow up in. I remember uh, in college, I took a race and urban relations class, and we had to take a, a test called an implicit bias test <clears throat> that uh, I can't re recall exactly how that test was constructed. I remember there was a lot of images and we were required to basically react to them um, within a very short period of time. And for the vast majority of the class, myself included, 
uh, discovering, you know, a lot of sort of unconscious biases that we had towards different races, towards different genders, towards different nationalities. Uh, and it was, you know, rather eye-opening that, you know, simply by virtue of you, you know, growing up in a place and, you know, watching cops when you were a kid, you know, you have certain, uh, you know, you may have, uh, been indoctrinated, you know, with certain reactions or dispositions towards people of color or people who dress in a certain way. And it's one thing to become aware of that, but sort of deprogramming those things uh, is another thing altogether. You know, we don't quite get to uh, make a decision to simply stop believing something or stop reacting a certain way to something. We maybe have to very slowly retrain ourselves, or we simply just need to be aware that those beliefs and patterns exist and simply make uh, decisions with that in mind. And these are, these are Saturn things, you know, these are entrenched things that exist both within society and within ourselves as social units. So how do we work within that? And how do we start moving towards something better? And, you know, what is a realistic pace for that to take place? And how do we reconcile ourselves to that without, you know, banging our heads against the wall, uh, so while this is a time to maybe address some of those those bigger uh, long-term things, and I think it is important to, to do that, uh, I rather like this Sun-Jupiter square to maybe get some perspective on, you know, where do you want to be next spring when the Sun is in Aries? You know, obviously we're not there now, but how can we start working our way there? What groundwork can we put in place to facilitate our progress? Now, let's not forget uh about mars <laughs> never forget about mars uh mars is still retrograde in gemini and while the sun moving into capricorn points to a lot of the uh the conflicts that maybe showed up for for people over the last few weeks sort of either uh dying down or at least becoming a, a bit more peripheral the moon will also move into Sagittarius on Wednesday, <clears throat> at which point it's going to be pretty much fully balsamic. Uh, that is completely dark. Probably won't be able to see the moon at all at this point, where it will uh, hit an opposition with Mars Wednesday evening, which will sort of ping that, <clears throat> that sore spot, maybe uh, carry some of the echoes of, of those earlier conflicts, may also may also serve as a, a moment to sort of get some clarity on their origins or the sorts of things that maybe underlie those conflicts. You know, was it really about your roommate, you know, using your, your peanut butter to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, you know, getting that, that jelly covered knife all up in your peanut butter? Was that, was that really what upset you or was it, you know, something else? Did it necessitate a, a blow up or did it, uh, was it the symptom of a <clears throat> of a deeper problem, or was it just something that could have been handled by a simple conversation? But maybe it didn't because you know you were uh, stressed about work or something else. Often you can't really tell those things in the heat of the moment. You need things to cool off before you can get perspective on that, right? Or you know sometimes uh, those conflicts end up revealing concrete actions that need to be taken that require you know significant changes in our lives and, and we have to maybe adjust the themes around any, uh, you know, dramatic episodes over the last couple of weeks may uh, reappear on a smaller scale, possibly, 
where we may just have some opportunities to sort of put those put those to bed or, or move on. Balsamic Moon is usually quite good for, for closing things out, but also re- revealing the underlying mechanics, usually uh, internally as well as between people. And as we move into Thursday, Venus will apply uh, to a trine with Uranus, which may um, smooth our, our transition into any new paradigms that we're moving into. You know, uh, breaking patterns is all well and good, but you usually need to replace them with something else, something else that maybe fits nicely, right? You don't want to just jam whatever in there. You can't just replace your potato chip uh, habit with a, with kickboxing lessons. I mean, you might be able to, but it's not necessarily a one-for-one trade-off. You know, maybe maybe you got to eat some rice cakes instead of potato chips on top of your, your kickboxing lessons. Um, maybe you need to experiment a little bit. Try a few different things. You know, maybe you'll uh, be at the grocery store. You'll see kelp chips. You never had those before. Maybe they sound gross, but, you know, give them a shot. Maybe you'll like them. But you may also see, you know, uh, a, a bit of a an invigoration of the Venusian, you know. Um, passions may be invigorated, which can certainly be good for uh, spicing up uh, the Venusian areas of our lives. But if your problem is, say, potato chips, the increased desire of Venus, we'll say, with, with uh, in combination with Uranus, lead to falling off the wagon. They only apply to a small subset of people. But, uh, you know, if you have a significant other, surprise them with a, a, a zesty gift or, or a not-so-zesty gift. You know, something I always think about uh, around Christmas time is how sometimes the, the gift-giving during Christmas can feel a little too mandated which can maybe take some of the, the joy out of the gift giving and receiving process. And it can be rather nice to just give somebody a gift uh, for no reason whatsoever. And those are often the best gifts, the ones you just, there's no real reason or prerequisite for. Now, Friday, uh, we get our new moon in Capricorn. And while most of us like to do our New Year's resolutions uh, on New Year's, which, you know, is fine. Uh, I rather like the... Either the ingress of the sun into Capricorn or the first new moon bleh, the first new moon in Capricorn for things such as uh, New Year's resolutions. In many cultures, historically, the summer and winter solstices were often inaugurated with a, a sacrifice of some kind. And whether your New Year's resolution has to do with kicking an old habit or introducing a new one, both require a certain level of commitment in Often the letting go of one set of behaviors uh, in exchange for a new one. So you may want to offer your resolution in, in terms of a, a formal sacrifice or a formalized commitment. You know, sometimes binding uh, something like a resolution with a physical act will make it feel a little more real, a little more tangible. So even if you want to wait until New Year's to follow through with your resolution, uh, I would say the new moon in Capricorn might be a nice time to declare the resolution or commitment <laughs> to it and perform any any little rituals you would like to uh, around that. Then there's usually no better time to plant the seed for something new than a, a, around a new moon. And unfortunately, uh, New Year's does not always coincide with the new moon. What else do we got here? You know, Friday too and beyond, um, a lot of the ideas or insights or 
plans we might have started making earlier in the week, plans for, uh, you know, the apple orchard that you may or may not want to build. Uh, you may find uh, the new moon a good time to start putting some of those plans into action. And Saturday will be given us some opportunities to start settling in, maybe get acquainted in a more physical way with how we want to operate or run our lives uh, this lunar cycle. The moon will make a pleasant conjunction with Venus Saturday morning, followed shortly after by conjunction with Mercury and, you know, Pluto too. But, you know, at least uh, as far as I'm concerned, when I'm looking at Pluto, you know, a quick application uh, by the moon to Pluto, psh, not too worried about that. You know, when you see Pluto part of a big configuration, you might want to take a closer look at how Pluto might show up. Nonetheless, uh, Saturday should be fairly comfortable and low drama. You know, not uh, always the, the warm and fuzziest with the moon in Capricorn. I would say certainly conducive to a sort of a pleasant productivity. Now it bears noting that uh, as we get into Sunday, we are getting Mercury very, very close to its station degree. As it will officially station retrograde Wednesday at 24 degrees of Capricorn. On Sunday, it's at 23, and it is, uh, it's not moving very fast. So the degree to which your affairs are, are tied to Mercury, you know, if you're a Gemini or Virgo rising, or really any other mutable sign rising, uh, which will make Mercury the ruler of at least two of the angular houses in your chart, or if you're in a, a perfected year ruled by Mercury, or otherwise very tied to Mercury, you may want to pay attention to events going on around you, uh, any plans that are being made with results that are expected to materialize within the next six weeks, because there's a good chance that some of those, <clears throat> you may experience some delays or hiccups or other standard uh, Mercury retrograde issues. As I said last week, when we're in that Mercury shadow period and we're preparing for the Mercury retrograde, we generally just want to get things as organized as possible. Uh, I mean, just prepare for maybe having to redo some things, create some backup plans, or maybe backup copies of any important documents, and just kind of plan for the unexpected. And oh yeah, uh, Sunday, for those of us who celebrate Christmas, <clears throat> uh, Sunday is the 25th, which is Christmas which is overall pretty low drama astrologically. And Christmas morning will actually start off with a nice little uh, moon sextile Jupiter as the moon ingresses into Aquarius, which I can find little to complain about there. And overall, no real deep afflictions to the moon to uh, sour your holiday plans for the most part. And I, I wish you all a happy holiday. And as always, you can book a reading with me, my website, kylepierceastrologer.com. And as my little holiday offering, I will be opening up my books for some additional uh, donation-based readings. So if cash is a little tight, but you're looking to maybe get a heads up on what 2023 has in store for you, uh, there will be several appointments available over the next few weeks for you to book a reading and simply pay whatever you can afford or whatever fits into your budget. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.
you have a question you would like to hear answered on Astrology Hotline, email us at astrologyhotlinepod at gmail.com. Thank you.